Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Graw Pod. It is a beautiful fall afternoon in Minnesota. Playoff baseball is in the air, and my name is Doug Graw, and I'm very excited. This really is my favorite time of year. My wife would say it's because of the fall weathers and the color and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's because it's playoff baseball. Unfortunately, as much as I would like to, we can't make this episode all about why the Astros are going to repeat, or if they're not, it's going to be the Twins, and it will be anybody but the Braves. But unfortunately, we need to talk about actual trucking stuff. And I'm happy to be joined as usual by my good friend and business partner, Gary Randall. Hey, Gary. Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm doing well. Like I said, it's a great time of year. It's interesting. And I think our partner, Greg, who helps us with these podcasts, will agree with me on this one. As the Astros continue to win, their fan base becomes a little bit more arrogant each year. So we're not going to hold that against Doug, even though I think he is the only Astros fan with a Minnesota zip code. It should be a fun weekend as the Twins go to Houston for two games and then come back home to finish it up early next week. Yes, yes, it will be fun. It definitely will be. But hey, we're here to talk about trucking. We live and breathe trucking so much in our lives and really do enjoy talking about it. And one of the things that I want to talk about this week, Gary, is we get asked from time to time to help some companies really get into their business and say, something's got to change. That change might be, we need to get ready to sell. We're hitting a stage of life. We're ready to sell. Or it's otherwise just some kind of, we need to get better. And we can do the assessment stuff and we've done the assessment stuff, but usually it involves more along lines of, hey, can you be here right along with our team and help us run the business on a day-to-day basis? And we're excited to do that. We love doing that and helping trucking companies, logistics companies do that. When we do that, we start looking at ourselves, okay, if this company has these goals and the goal might be sell for a healthy profit, it might be hit some growth things, whatever their goals are, we're obviously going to be focused on that goal for the client. But really what we want to look at it and say is, okay, we're going to get in there and we want to help this company be the best version of itself that it can be. We don't want to get in there and change it from a square to a circle. We just want to make it the best square that it can be or the best circle that it can be or whatever the case would be is. But there are some things that apply, I think, in all trucking companies. And what we look at is the dashboard, the dashboard of all the important stuff in a trucking company, whether you're talking about revenue or safety or operations and costs and maintenance and so on. We're looking across that board. And I think something that you and I run into a fair amount, Gary, is you're talking to the company and when you start asking the questions, well, what's your X per mile? Tell me about how diverse your customer base is. Tell me about what your safety culture is like. You can get some narrative answers, but you quickly kind of find out they don't necessarily know or have the data readily available to easily fire back and say, this is what we are today. And this is what we want to be tomorrow. This metric will from here to there. I think that's true. And I think what you see happen often is, is that, well, it's one of two things. Companies may make the mistake of they don't measure enough. They truly don't know their results. They don't know how they compare against the competition. And then the opposite end of the spectrum is true as well. And I think we've both seen that, that you have companies that measure everything and they just start to drown in the analytics. 
I think the goal, of course, is is how can we help them get to that middle ground if they're not there already, where there's some key things that they're measuring. There's some key understandings that really help describe their company, the strengths of their company, make them attractive in a sale if that's the situation. We need to help them focus on that rather than guessing if they don't know or over-reporting. And really, the buyer can become deaf to the numbers when the seller is continuing to try to bombard them with all these great results that the seller believes gives them a leg up where the buyer may be thinking to themselves, I really don't care about this, this, and this. I'm focused on these two or three or four things. And how well versed are they in those areas? Well said. Like a lot of things in life, everything in moderation, right? And that includes your analytics and your data and so on. And that's why I like the dashboard concept. A dashboard doesn't tell me everything that's going on in the engine, but it tells me the basic that I need to know about whether or not my vehicle is running okay. That's what I like when we go into help trucking businesses. Let's look at the key areas of the business. Let's have two to five things within each bucket that we're focused on, we're monitoring and so on. Now, it's great to have the ability to go deeper if you're noticing some issues and you really need to put some energy into some certain areas. That's great, but you don't want to try to swim in all of the data all the time You're going to paralyze yourself. You're going to be too focused on the data. You're going to lose sight of the people. You're going to lose sight of the vision and where you're trying to go and so forth. So I really like the temperedness that you provided there. I'd be curious, when you look at trucking companies, what are some things that jump out at you that you want to know about early on to say, this company's got a good foundation in something that we're going to be able to build off of versus there's some underlying issues that are going to be a little bit harder than others? Yeah, I think the basics, the utilization of equipment, I think that's important. I think their safety scores or their safer results are critical to look at. I think their on-time delivery, their on-time service numbers matched against their customers' expectations are important to look at. I think what we miss a lot of times as an industry is, is how adaptable is the company? Because I think there's some companies that can become very, very good in a very narrow window. And there's other companies that can figure out how to adapt to what their shippers are asking for, their customers are asking for, and how well do they do that? So an example maybe would be, you may have a shipper who's system savvy, and there's going to be very little conversation between the carrier and the shipper. But that's the relationship that's asked for by the shipper. You may have another shipper who still is very reliant on the personality or the relationship of the sale. You as a trucking company, can you provide both? Can you meet the expectations of the shipper? You can't be everything to everyone. But if you decide that you're going to haul a specific commodity and you're going to be one of the primary carriers in the country to haul that commodity, you're going to find that shippers who are shipping that product may look at their business very differently from each other. So I think adaptability, I guess, is the word I would use. Does the carrier have that along with all the basic metrics that they have to have in order to run a good operation? I think that adaptability, a couple more metrics that I'll add that I do think are critical as you get into looking at company, especially in the sell context. Okay. If we are looking maybe over the next three, five, seven years to get ready to sell, what's the revenue look like? What's the makeup of the revenue? How much is it from one client? How much is it as 
was from your top 20, how much was from your top 50, how many industry segments are you in and things along those lines. How steady is it? How predictable is it versus being very market driven? And what's that debt picture look like? What's that financial health picture look like? Because if you are in good financial health, and you've got a blend of predictable income, but also diverse income, you can be very adaptable. There's a lot of people who sold their trucking company 16 months ago, 12 months ago, and did very, very well. There are better trucking companies today trying to sell who won't do as well. And part of that is market timing. There's some amount of like you either got kind of lucky or you didn't with the market timing. What you want to be is that company that is not immune. There's always some amount of what is the market. But are you a little bit insulated against the peaks and valleys of the market? Is your company fundamentally sound? I go back to the dashboard. If at the dashboard level are our fundamental metrics strong as a management company and as a management group for your company, that's what you need to be focused on on a day-to-day basis is, are we good fundamentally? Yeah, those fundamentals that you're referring to, that's the foundation of the house. If you're going to have a good, solid, steady house, you've got to have a good foundation. So those fundamental skills or those fundamental results have to be there in order for you to be able to move forward. So I think part of getting to that fundamental ability and being really good at the fundamentals is, do you know yourself? Do you know what you're good at? Can you articulate whether you're articulating yourself to a potential investor, buyer, or you're articulating yourself to the driver community or to the shipping community? Can you describe quickly what you are, what you're good at, what your value proposition is? I think part of that also is, do you know where your weaknesses are? So you can be honest with yourself and with others about those. For instance, when you're looking at your systems, when you're looking at your equipment, those are things that you can come up with pretty quantifiable answers to in terms of, are you a good fit for the piece of the industry that you're trying to make a difference in? A big part of that too, though, is is as a company, have you figured out how to put the right person in the right seat so that you can take advantage of those systems and take advantage of that equipment, meet those expectations and become that company that people are looking at? Yeah, it's not just do you have the right people in the right seat, but are you good at putting the right person in the right seat? We have got a lot of clients who talk about, oh, I feel good. I really like my team right now. I'm in a good space. And my response is, that's great. Congratulations. And I want you to feel good and happy about that. But don't stop keeping your eyes and ears open. Don't stop that machine, so to speak, whether it's networking and whatever, because you have no idea when a life circumstance might change for somebody and they're going to go do something else, things change. Yes, you have a great team today, but if something had to change on that team, are you good at finding a new team member? Are you good at onboarding the new team member and integrating the new team member? And then are you good at holding that team member accountable to whatever it is you're wanting accomplished? And then when you find that employee that is really good at something and you sit back and say, I've got the right person in the right seat, don't hold them hostage to that. I think we've both seen customers and other companies that fall into that. So-and-so is really good at this piece of the business. I don't want to disrupt my business. So that person's going to do that job forever. What ends up happening is that that person ends up feeling like they're missing opportunities. They start to look around and they look for someone who will give them an opportunity to grow professionally. I think that's always a watch out. Don't hamper your people's development because they're good at what they do. 
Yeah, very much so. I was talking with a client last week. We we're talking about leadership development and so forth, something that they're working hard at doing. We we're talking to their management team, their frontline managers. And we said, obviously, as managers, part of your job is like, hey, we just need to get the work done every day and we need to move this metric or that metric. That is definitely a part of the job. But also the part of a job of any manager at any level is to develop employees develop employees for their then current job. I need you to get better at reading this data. I need you to get better at customer service, whatever it is, but also getting better for potential future opportunities within the business. You can't have managers thinking about that by themselves. They need to be talking to the employee because you're right. You don't want the employee feeling looked over and feeling taken advantage of because they just keep getting told you're really good at your job, Joe. You're really good at your job, Joe. We're so thankful for that, but never considering them for other opportunities. Talk with Joe so you understand what it is that Joe wants. You may learn that Joe actually really does like that and he doesn't want something else. Don't promote me. I don't want to be a manager of people. I just want to be really good at this. But the critical thing is talk to those employees, have that expectations exchange, that discussion about what it is they're looking for and what the company is looking for out of them. Agreed. A good friend of ours uses the term deposits and withdrawals. So when you think about your staff, when you think about Joe, you can say, well, we've got Joe in that position. He's providing all these great results for the company. And you can think of that in terms of a withdrawal. You're getting something out of Joe. But don't forget to make that deposit into Joe so you can continue to reap the benefits of those withdrawals when the time is appropriate. I think go back to kind of the dashboard thing and what are you good at and who are you? I was talking with an investor recently, someone who was kind of out there in the market looking. He made the comment that he doesn't really love to see no turnover within the office staff. His comment was, my fear is if I see that and I come in as an investor, doesn't matter how good or bad I am, some people are not going to react well to it because they're going to see change. So my fear is if this company's never really had turnover of any kind and all of the executives have been there for 30 years and so on, and all of a sudden one or two leave, can the company survive that? Or is the company wholly reliant on the fact that that person's been in that job for 30 years and knows how to do everything the old fashioned way? You don't really want to see a company also that has tons of turnover, but if this company has recruited some leaders and developed some leaders and there's been some gradual changes over time, then that tells me this company is adaptable. This company can grow. They've got processes that are bigger than one person. And he said, that's a good sign. Again, I don't want to see tons of turnover, but I also don't really want to see no turnover either. Yeah, exactly. We started this whole conversation with the baseball analogy today. So maybe I'll run this out there. And, and I think it makes sense to what we're talking about. I was reading an article this morning about the fact that there's 22 former Houston Astros that started the playoffs this year with another team. Admit this only once, and now we're recording it, so I suppose it's going down in history. But your Astros have had great success in the last decade. And if you think about it, it's a great example of not standing pat. In the sports world, that baseball team can get old in a relative short amount of time, yet they've got their processes in place so they know who they are, they know what they want to be, and they've been able to move players in and out of that group and continue to have that type of success. 
I think that's what you're getting at with a business as well, is that it's good to have the continuity of leadership, but it's also good to have that fresh idea, that fresh face that comes in there so that that success can continue. I agree. That is what I'm making. Just so we're all very clear, as much as I am a very big fan of the Houston Astros as a baseball team, if you want to read about how not to run a business, read the book Winning Fixes Everything <laughs> about the Houston Astros, and it will tell you exactly how not to run a business. There's some very awful things that were going on there. I'm still a fan, but yeah, there were some pretty bad things. I would not say go try to emulate the Houston Astros to run your business. That would not be a recipe for success. But if you can replicate their on-the-field performance, please go ahead and try to do that. Yes, just without the things they did behind the scenes. That would be good. I think we've kind of covered this. The point being that the takeaway that I'd like to see our listeners come away with is I've had a lot of conversations with clients about, hey, I'm interested in maybe selling and like kind of see what the future looks like and all that kind of stuff. You start with just some basic questions. Well, tell me about your business and tell me what sets you apart. While there's definitely passion in the answer about something that they've invested a lot of time, energy, sweat, all those things into, that's great. But can you articulate to an investor what makes you different? That's where I like the dashboard. We are different because we know fundamentally how we are doing in the core areas of the business. And this is what makes us better than our competition. This is what makes us a good investment. This is where there's opportunities for you, investor, to take us and go to the next level, whatever that level is. I think you and I are both a big believer in. And I think the people who have the best story to tell are the people that are able to identify those core areas, as you said, and show great results in those core areas. And I would take it one step further. It's that company that can say, here's an area we're continuing to try to get better at. So that when you're talking about your company, the buyer's coming in with his eyes wide open, understanding that, hey, these people are really good at these things. And they're also smart enough to recognize they could be better in these areas and they're trying to address it. I always think it's a great opportunity for the seller to point that out to the buyer versus the other way around. Correct. I'm not saying you need to drown people in data, but do you have fundamental data to back it up? Because there's also a lot of times where you run into someone who they talk it, it sounds nice, but you start saying, well, can you show me the data that backs it up? Like, well, it doesn't really read the way you said that was. That's not quite how I get the data. So again, going back to dashboards, do you have those dashboards that you can show, hey, here it is. My story matches the data and so on. So speaking of fundamentals, I do think, Gary, this week, one notable headline in the industry was a good-sized carrier with a cybersecurity event. I don't know the details of the cybersecurity event. I think there was some amount of data, whether it was a hostage situation or what, or, or just data was taken, I don't know. But I do know one of the issues was they couldn't use their system. It wasn't just data was taken out and we've got to give notices to social security numbers have been utilized or anything like that, which that's a serious issue too. But this was, we can't use our system. I want to talk with you a little bit about you have been through some emergencies. You've been through some very serious stuff where a building was shut down, a core operating center was shut down, a whole operation was shut down, but drivers are still out on the road. They still have to eat. They still have to fuel. They still have to deliver freight. Talk to me a little bit about how do you prepare for we don't have the full capabilities of our computers? 
Yeah, a couple things. I mean, you talked at first about the building that got shut down. An interesting thing in that situation was that that company had multiple terminals and there was some redundancy between the phone line that would allow us with really the flip of a switch, transfer all the calls from one building to another. So in that instance, the building caught on fire, the building was evacuated, the switch had been flipped, and we were dispatching the trucks out of one of the other terminals before the fire department got there to start to work on the fire. So in that instance, it was a little bit of a system help, but the system was the phone system. The computer system that you're talking about, in other instances, we always found it was helpful, and I believe in this, you've got to have some backup. We live in a paperless society, and there's been many benefits to that, but I've always believed it's really important to have that driver roster or that driver log somewhere. Everyone should not have it, nor should everyone have access to it. But through your management group, they should have access to a driver log that gives just the basics, the driver name, the driver domicile, the driver phone number so that you can get a hold of that person if your computer system is down. And I would say the same is true with the customer base, with the shippers. You're going to want that information so that you can reach out to them immediately and let them know that you're having a problem so that they're not looking at their load tenders and wondering why the load tenders aren't being answered. You want to get in front of that. And at that point, you want to be able to try to work out opportunities with those shippers to get the information. And I think what you find is when the issue is done, there's a whole bunch of cleanup to be done and a whole bunch of data entry to be done. But while the system is down, there's just some key information that you need to be able to receive and you need to be able to pass on. And if you can do that, you can operate in an emergency situation like that. It's very helpful to have those plans in place so that you're not trying to react to that situation. You've got a plan in place and you're able to operate when it happens. And I would add one other area. I agree with everything you said, and that is, do you have a plan for money and how the money might flow? Because is this an issue that's going to last a couple hours, in which case you may not have to do some stuff. But if you start talking about this is going to impact the system overnight or over a weekend or two, three days, whatever it is, then you've got drivers out on the road. You've got to fuel trucks. You've got to pay some things, and you still want to make sure you can get paid too. Do you have a way to still get some of that stuff out? The point being is, in what you've experienced in your career, Gary, you go back to when we were kids and you did fire drills and tornado drills and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of roll your head sometimes like, do we really need to do this? And, you know, you do. Even as a business, we've got multiple clients, unfortunately, who have been through building issues. We have clients who've been through cyber issues. We've had clients who've dealt with unexpected death of a key leader things of that nature, do you have some fundamentals in place that if we have to kind of go old school, that we can deal with this, we can muscle through this and make sure everybody in your organization does know what to do in all of those types of things. What do we do if something's going on in the building? Back to your little kid stuff. What phone pole are we going to go meet at outside? Especially in today's day and age of remote work and who's in the office, all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, how do you know who's in the office that day so that you can make sure you keep track of everybody and all that kind of stuff? Does everybody know where to find this roster if we need to so we can get a hold of drivers if the system is down? Do we know how to get a hold of customers? Do we know how to communicate? And for the cyber part of this, does your cyber response team 
know who their key resources are going to be? Do they know the IT vendors they're going to utilize to help them get through whatever cyber event is? If you're ever looking for some names in that space, we know some names in that space and we'd be happy to share those with folks. But I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to share with folks is there's so many great things about trucking. Trucking is very complicated. There's lots of stuff going on and with logistics too, not just with trucking. But there's also a lot of just fundamentals, making sure you know your fundamentals, you can execute your fundamentals. The best trucking and logistics companies that I know, and I think you would agree with this, Gary, it's not that they've got the latest and greatest widgets or technology or ideas or whatever. They're just really good at the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, the blocking and tackling. The folks that master that are the folks that are built for long-term success go back to the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about foundation, that blocking and tackling, those business skills that every company needs to have in place, that's the foundation for you. Good stuff, Gary. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the discussion today. I hope that this has been helpful to our listeners. If we can ever be of help to any of you out there, please don't hesitate to reach out. We really do kind of live for helping trucking and logistics companies be better every day. So to that end, be safe, everyone. Definitely go Astros. Yes, kind of go Twins, but go Astros more. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one.